Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, welcome to the Depre and Club podcast, a community of like minded young adults who are all grieving a similar loss. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with inspirational people from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. In this podcast, our guests will tell their own grief story, discussing how their losses have impacted their lives and the past they have found themselves on. We laugh, we cry, but together we've come to realise that we are far from alone in our own grief journeys. We just have to be like respectful to ourselves and loving to ourselves and realise that it's a process and some days you can have an amazing week or two weeks and one day you'll be like back feeling at you like you're back at zero but that's okay that's great hey guys and welcome to this week's episode of the dead prank club podcast thank you so much for tuning in and for listening so this week i have janelle gorman on the show a holistic healing coach Janelle's dad passed away when she was just nine years old and after going through her teenage years without him, she realised as she got older the detrimental effect that not having her dad around most of her life had had on her mental health, her behaviour and her attitude towards life as you'll hear about in this podcast. In this episode, she speaks about how we can still feel abandoned when our parent dies even though they didn't leave us through choice and how this abandonment can manifest itself into different areas in your life as you grow older. And she gives a great insight into how you can take back control of your life. Now, I loved recording this episode. I think it was so insightful to have such a different kind of point of view um, to grief on the show. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. If you do, please don't forget to rate the podcast. You can do it on whatever platform you're listening to and to subscribe. And also, if you want to watch this podcast, um, I uploaded the video recording from when we had our conversation to YouTube. I've also put the link to that in our show notes if you fancy uh, visual viewing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see all of you next week. So thank you so much for coming on to the Dead Parent Club podcast. I really appreciate you agreeing to come on and tell your story. And I literally have no doubt that you're going to have so much insight to share. So I'm so excited. Okay, now you're setting the bar high. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I've honestly been wanting to get onto your podcast for a while. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, if you wouldn't mind just taking this opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners, um, your name, where you're from, and an introduction to obviously your platform and what you do. 
Of course. So my name is Janelle. I currently live in the United States, Arizona. I am a healing coach. I work with women on healing their father-daughter wounds. More so if they've had childhood trauma, I help coach them through it so they can heal and connect to their true authentic self. I myself struggled with that growing up and I was able to heal. And now my purpose I feel in life is to help other women heal in situations that I was very familiar with. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important. And I'm excited to kind of get stuck into it as well and like find out all the nitty gritty. Um, (laughs) So obviously you are a part of the Dead Parent Club. Um, So could you please give us a background into your own individual loss and kind of where you're at with that now? Of course. So my parents, a little rundown about me. Um, My parents divorced at three years old when I was three, and my dad had moved two hours away. I was seeing him every other weekend, but personally, I feel that it's tough for um, a three-year-old to see their dad every other weekend. We're supposed to have our parents. Exactly. And I know I went through a ton of regression during that divorce, my mother had told me. And I would check, she put me into therapy even, but a three-year-old in therapy, I don't remember much. (laughs) But then years down the road, my dad had passed away when I was nine years old and I was in elementary school. And that was so tough because I felt like there wasn't much of a support system and seeing friends with their parents and their dads. And like they have this thing. I don't know if they have in the UK, but in the US, they have like Father's Day in school when the father comes. And I'm just like, that's just. I've heard of that. I'm so yes sad because you don't know everyone's situation. I know they try and do it. Just like, rubbing it in your face. Yeah, and then they'll like share fathers. Like they're like, oh, you can, you, Janelle, you can share it. So I'm like, what? So that's bizarre. But I think they still do that too. But coping with that and feeling like there was no much of a, that much of a support system in my school. My mom did put me in therapy at that age as well, which was great. But nine and losing your dad like you said it's a lot of confusion you don't really know what's going on I didn't know what happened to my dad until I was maybe 10 12 um my mother had told me that he had passed away from a heart attack when in reality it was drugs my mom didn't know how to tell me at nine years old so I I don't have any anger a lot of people have asked me I'm like no I mean because if I was in that situation how are you going to tell your nine-year-old daughter that your dad passed away to drugs when your daughter, well, the daughter had no idea her dad was even doing drugs? Do you think he was quite isolated where he was? Like, was that kind of what led to that path? No, my dad started when he was 13 and was sober for 10 years when he was married to my mother. So he was just struggling his own battle. He just got into the wrong, made the wrong decisions at a young age that unfortunately took his life yeah. when he was 42. Um, from then on, I from middle school up until my 20s, I pretended like it never happened. Like I literally dug that trauma mm-hmm. so deep that I forgot. I, I just blacked it all out. Um, I have like a tattoo with my dad's um, dates on there. I didn't know his death date up until last year. I just didn't. Wow. I just pretended like it didn't happen. And I was, of course... Yeah. The more you hide your grief, 
it's going, the more it's going to come out in different, in different ways, coping and not the best external factor, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, working a ton. And it literally, it literally manifests itself. It does. It repurposes itself in a worse way than just being able to deal with your grief and allow yourself to feel the feelings. But instead I pushed away for 16 years and it came to the point that I almost was literally contemplating ending my life because I got up this relationship that I was in and um, it was just a bad breakup and I didn't know how to cope with it. And a lot of it, I realized when I got the help I needed and got into some psychotherapy was a lot of it stemmed from my father wound. And that's why it's so important, I feel, for all my clients that I have, past clients, even those who aren't my clients and are listening, it's so important for you to allow yourself to grieve the loss of your parent, whether it's you didn't have a good relationship with them, you had an amazing relationship with them. It's still so important because if you don't, it will come back until you decide to face it head on. What kind of things do you see in people that have been in a kind of similar situation to you or have had like, you know, childhood oh, trauma with their dads? Lot, like- a lot of us have coping mechanisms that are not mm-hmm. the best. We either attract men who are emotionally unavailable because our father never showed us what how to be loved correctly. So how are we supposed to know which men to attract and which men to know that they aren't? A lot of us fatherless daughters think love is attention. So when someone gives us attention, we're like, okay, he's the one. But it's like, <laughs> no, there's so much more to it. And I like I would like to elaborate that you can still be a fatherless daughter even if you're father is still alive mm-hmm. he could just be emotionally emotionally not there but physically present he could still be living in the same roof as you but he could be so dedicated to his work or just not be there emotionally as a father you can you could be a father's mm-hmm. daughter if your dad passed away or if your dad was never in the picture so there's so many ways i work with so many different clients that are fatherless daughters a lot of people think when they get fatherless it's you just don't have your dad but there's so many avenues that you can get to it. So basically, yeah, it, I would say emotionally unavailable men. I would say drinking a lot, just acting out, promiscuity. That was my thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, I yeah, just felt yeah, like... Yeah, I actually, I, I really resonate with that in a way. Like my dad's always been around, um, but I was very much a mummy's girl and... My dad was like the man of the house. He was always at work. And we actually never, not once, spent any time together one-on-one until after my mum had died. Like, unless he was like driving me somewhere. Like, we never actually did anything together. Um, so you're saying things and I'm like, damn. Um, <laughs> I've first- definitely got daddy issues. <laughs> totally. But it's okay. I mean, we, now that you're more aware, I'm sure you're, you're so far on your healing journey, you're able to pick up on that stuff. And... It's just so, people just don't realize that you can still be fathers and still have your dad. I mean, our parents are supposed to be, we're supposed to have both parents growing up with us and they're supposed to love us unconditionally, both our mother and our father, which we get our masculine energy and our feminine energy from. But unfortunately, that's more than likely not the case. So we have to work with what we, of course, were brought up into. Yeah, yeah. So how do you think that affected you, not so much as when you got to an adult, but like as a teenager, 
Um, and at what point did you kind of look at like yourself and the way that you were living and think, I've actually got some uncovered like shit going on that I need to handle? I didn't. Mm. Not until I was in my 20s. I was just like, like, why doesn't anyone want to fully commit to me? It's like, you can hook up with me, but you can't commit to me. What's the problem? Mm. But I didn't realize it's like I had no self-respect and self-worth for myself. So why would they want to commit to me? And a lot of the times, I will say, when you're a father's daughter and you don't know what to look for, you attract men who are also hurt and wounded by their mm-hmm. parents. Like one of my my most recent ex-boyfriend, he has, I'm not going to get into his story, of course, for confidentiality, but he has his own childhood trauma and abandonment. And I have my abandonment from my father. Um, our brains can't tell the difference when our dad passes away versus when we're abandoned, our mind cannot tell a difference. So we feel that exact feeling. So that's why I think it's also important to be like, or to know that you can still feel abandoned even if you're one of your parents um, passed away. You still have that same feeling. Yeah, your brain so still true. has it. Mm-hmm. So also that it's attracting men who motion unavailable, feeling like they can't commit to me. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? I kept putting it on myself versus what's wrong with them, (laughs) you know, but then in reality, it's like, we're both, it's a trauma bond. We're both hurt and we're both wounded. They're afraid to get too close. I'm like, sure. I want to get close. But in reality, if I was able to get close, I probably would have left because I'm not used to that intimacy. I never had the intimacy with my dad like that. You know what I mean? Your daddy's girl. I only got that for nine years and I don't remember much of it. Yeah, I completely get that. It's like, at, at what point was it then in your 20s, like, where you literally did go, like, I need to, I need to uncover this, I need to sort this this out because I'm going down like a, a bad path or it's really affecting my life in like a negative way. So my mid-20s, I broke, me and my ex broke out, actually he broke out with me, just to be completely honest. <laughs> and the worst. That re- is, and... That was the worst time of my life. I literally contemplated suicide, never did anything, but it was just, I was at such a low rock bottom point. And it's crazy because in my career, I was doing amazing. I was in real estate. And that's how, like, that's one thing I learned that you can be skyrocketing in your business, making a ton of money, but inside you can be dying. And that's how I felt. I had to put on a smile every time I walked into a showing or an open house and act like I was completely fine, but going home to like by myself and just feeling like I don't even want to be here. Wow. So it's so crazy. I mean, we, as humans, we have to cope with a lot of things. Not only if our parent passed away and dealing with grief, mm-hmm. we also have to make sure we keep it going for our like bills and, and everything else. That's what was keeping Life. me here. Yeah, my bills and like I knew if I ever did something, I wouldn't be hurting just myself. I would be hurting so many other people. It would be affected by it. So my therapist at the time, I recommended me to go somewhere and I just kept pushing it off. And it was just like a rehab retreat place in Arizona. And I was like, you know what? We, me and my ex broke up. And I was like, I'm going. I booked my ticket, not even thinking. Like as soon as me and my ex broke up, I'm like, I need to get out of here and I need to get help because – I don't know why I keep attracting these unavailable men who just end up breaking my heart in the end. Mm. But I saw all the red flags in the beginning. 
But I'm over here thinking they're white. I'm like, red flag? No, I think it's white. But then in the end, I'm the one with the broken heart, shattered heart. So that's when I got the help. But I really think my relationship really opened, cracked me open, which I am grateful for now. It took me a while to actually forgive him and just allow. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here coaching other women, helping them heal their father wound to prevent them from getting to such a dark place that I was at. Mm. So what were the tools then that you kind of like incorporated into your life after you had that kind of big realization? Like what is it, what kind of path did you go down to kind of heal? Okay. I did a complete 180. I'll say that. Um, I got in more into my meditation. I did a lot of self-care every day, whether it's a bath or getting myself a piece of candy at the store. I always do something for myself every day because we're all we have. And we have to put ourselves first before we can even care for others. And also it's a lot of inner child work, which is a lot of what I do with my clients. A lot of inner child healing because we have a hurt little girl, a hurt little boy in us that wasn't given what we were supposed to be got given from our parents, whether it was a mother or a father. And between zero and seven, that's where our brain is like we're programmed. Like our patterns are programmed subconsciously. So we just bring everything we learned through zero to seven into our adult lives and we repeat it. That's why I feel like sometimes you'll have like a breakdown and you're like, what the hell? I'm like acting so young. But it's your inner child. A lot of us, we end up finding ourselves. And I did that so much in my past relationship. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm like, huh. Because I healed so much. I'm like, sorry. Who is that? <laughs> Seriously, I bet you if my ex looked at me now, he'd be like, oh my God, she's like a whole different person. Because I wow. truly dug deep into and faced my inner critics and my demons and the pain of my father's passing. I literally like, it was just, I literally just wrote him a letter. So like I wrote my dad a letter just saying like, I forgive you. Like for the longest time growing up, I realized that a little like a years later, but when I was growing up, I, re- I felt like my dad had chosen drugs over me. Yeah. And that's where the abandonment wound comes in. Feel like you weren't good enough. So then mm-hmm. I'm dating these men who can't commit, not because it was me, but it was because they can't commit to themselves because they have their own childhood trauma they're dealing with. So they don't want to get too close to females. That's why a lot of men, not only men, but a lot of people can be hooking up with so many people and just never want to commit because they're afraid yeah. because of their childhood trauma. But I would always think before, oh, my dad had chosen drugs over me. My dad had chosen drugs over me. But as I got into, like, I want to say when I was 18, 19, I was introduced self-development. I had my own life coach at that age. And I learned a little bit about that. And I knew that my dad didn't, intentionally do that because he I wasn't good enough it was just he got caught up in addiction yeah. it had nothing to do with him not loving me enough but I felt that way and then I realized it was that and then I wrote my forgiveness letter to him have you felt any kind of like when you tell people how your dad passed away do you ever feel any kind of internal shame from saying that it was addiction? I just asked this because I had to go on the podcast. I released an episode this week whose dad passed away 
from alcoholism. And she was talking about how she felt like she got less sympathy from her dad's death. Her mum had actually passed away a few years before as well. And she said that she felt like she got less sympathy from her dad's death because of the way that he passed away compared to her mum who died from cancer. I just think it's such an important thing to talk about because it doesn't matter how somebody died, like the devastation of it and the grief is exactly the same. Like it's, yeah, I find it. I feel like some people can be so narrow-minded to mm. only feel like when they can show feelings in a certain situation, which is, that's what's so unfortunate. As for me, I never believe it or not. Maybe, well, the thing is, I don't mention it. I don't mention much of how he died. If someone asks me, I'll say, oh, he passed away to, to drugs yeah. or addiction, yeah. drug abuse. But for example, when I am posting and, and creating content for my clients on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, I just mentioned like my being a fatherless daughter, but I have, do have people who reach out to me like I did last week and say, Hey, don't mind. Like, if you don't mind, had your dad passed away? And I said, Oh, my dad passed away of drug abuse when I was nine years old. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. So a lot of people, it's like, you really don't know how someone lost their parent. So I just feel like people are going to proceed the way they want. And that's something, which is, it sucks at the time because it's not right. So I don't really like elaborate on my yeah, dad. Say right. But I'm sure people, I'm sure people judge mm. if they did, because a lot of people, for some reason, I feel like addiction is such a, I've had a lot of friends pass away from high school to addiction. That's why I feel like it's not the norm, but like I've experienced so much of it, unfortunately, from ch- like high school friends that I'm like, dude, once addiction gets you, like it gets you and it's, no one really signed up for it. It's, just, it's like, it it's like grief, business. isn't it? It is absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the way that some people can't acknowledge other people's grief, or you know, they're judgmental on how people act when they're grieving. It's the same with addiction. You know, there's always that preconception of stuff, and until you've gone through it, or until you know somebody that's gone through it yeah. personally, yeah. like you can't say shit. You can't <laughs> like even you relate. If you try and relate, you can't. Yeah. I know. I saw your question on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you got so many comments, like response, like shows, like there's so many judgmental people out there, but we need to like stay true to ourselves and remind ourselves that people are going to say what they want. People, people are in their own heads. Mm, Yeah, so true. Um, Going back to the kind of inner child trauma and stuff that you do with your clients, I was actually on your Instagram feed the other day and I saw like the videos that you do that are the kind of like meditations aren't they when you're kind of you're like breathing in and you're like kind of imagine older you going mm-hmm. to kind of support the younger child in you yes um I think that's amazing like that kind of using that kind of meditation process to do that kind of like healing it's fab. yeah like it's reparenting yourself because mm. our parents couldn't do it right so we need to step in and parent our little our inner child that we had that wasn't parented correctly Mm. yeah I think it's it's no right and wrong of parenting but I feel like uh there's some common like stuff that just shouldn't be happening like you know what I mean you're just like uh, yeah (laughs) so a lot of like reparenting which is everything I mean that's what I had to reparent my inner my inner child that was felt abandoned and I felt just left by her dad. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I also got bullied growing up. So I'm going to, I'm going to open up. I've never opened up or I've never said anything. I've never told anyone on a podcast. So I actually have, um, a left eye prosthetic. So going through, yeah. So going through my dad passing away, also dealing with having an insecurity, which I feel, I mean, I've obviously I've become immune to it and I've just started to love myself unconditionally, but it was so hard growing up being bullied on top of not having my dad there. Yeah. 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 I can, yeah. As such a young, young girl as well. And I think we do look to our, we look to our dads for support and guidance, don't we? And I think in those situations, like all you would want is your dad to just be like, it's okay. Yeah. You're still beautiful, but I didn't get that. So it was just a double whammy. Yeah. You know? An absolute shit show as a child. (laughs) But I came out pretty good. Now I'm helping people with certain situations that they're in. But I did want to get that out there. I've been wanting to get it out. So I'm so glad I was able to on your podcast. Because I do want to embrace that. We do have insecurities on top of not having the parent that Mm. was supposed to comfort us. Even if it's our mother. It may not have had a mother Mm. that knows how to show emotion because of her childhood. You know? So true. So true. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, and going in then to, you know, what you're, what you're doing now to help other people, which I think is amazing. Um, what does it, like, how did you become a holistic health coach? Like what brought you here and like, what does it involve? Um, I think people would be so interested to know. Oh, and yeah. I am definitely. Like, you know, <laughs> so as a holistic healing coach, well, what brought me there was my whole, my whole journey of what I've been through and losing my dad and doing the work, I fell in love with the work that needed to heal ourselves. And I felt, my God, there's probably so many women in this world, which I know even at 40s, 50s, 60s, that have never healed their father-daughter wound. Whether their dad passed away and they didn't have a good relationship with him and they're still grieving the loss of the father, but they also have to grieve the, the relationship they had with their dad that may have not been so ideal. So... I just fall in love with the journey of being able to help women who 
constantly attract men who are unavailable and don't know why. Bring light to them. Being able to have them fall in love, like fall back in love with themselves. I always say, like, for example, an airplane, they always say if something happens, put the mask on yourself before your child. Why? Because you can't help anyone else if you're like on the verge of dying or you're not good yourself, which is so important for us to be good on our own. But a lot of us, I feel, lack boundaries, lack not staying true to ourselves, staying true to our values. So I help my clients learn and just reprogram their mind of healing from their father wound, yes, but a lot of it has to do with falling in love with yourself, believing you're beautiful, believing you're worthy of love, believing you're not going to take any shit that someone gives you. You know, because I feel like so many of us as women, back then we were supposed to like just take whatever our, our partner gave us and, and just put up with any of that. Hell no. No, 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 no. We're like, now it's 2021. We're empowered. We're strong. We, we can set boundaries if we don't feel right. You know, so I just help my clients break into their, out of their shells and heal. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think, you know, like we were talking about before we started recording, um, this year has literally just been a prime opportunity for all of us to just look inwards. And like when else in our lifetimes are we actually going to get this time to just do nothing but check in on ourselves? Um, I think it just, you must have seen it with your business as well. Like people reach now and just realizing that they need some help and some support yeah. what they're going through it's brought a lot of clarity to people inwardly to relationships that shouldn't be together to relationships that have gotten better together mm-hmm. i feel like it's just it's shaken a lot of people but i feel mm-hmm. like i mean besides people who may be dealing with financial situations because like that yeah. my heart it's a hard time but it does shake us in the way that we are meant to be shaked mentally i feel mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was going to say something, but I forgot. It's all right. So do you find from, like, from what you're doing now with and helping other people, do you find that everything that you've been through now and the change that you've had in yourself, like, has it impacted your, like, relationships with the family that you have around you and your friends and stuff? Like, are you, do you talk, do you find yourself talking about your grief and your experience a lot more than you did? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I have my, like, best friends now because I just moved cross-country, but I have, like, my best friends who literally will send me, like, images or memes about, like, healing and childhood trauma. So they're all, like, supportive of it. Even though some of them may not be on that journey as, as me, they're still open and supportive of it. And I have an amazing partner, which – it's been so hard, I will not lie. Um, just because I'm so used to being in relationships where I have to be the one fighting for love. And now I'm with someone who's so healthy and, and just loves me unconditionally and is just so affectionate. And I'm just so not used to that. So I'm like, but I'm learning. I'm learning to embrace it, but it's just so uncomfortable. So a lot of fatherless daughters may be dealing with stuff like that. Like, we're like, yeah, I deserve the best. But like when we get like something good, we're like, 
okay, now what do I do with that? Like, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Shit. This is scary. Okay. Um, mm. So I'm in the process of like doing that. And that's why I have to do with a lot of my clients, walk them through like, you deserve to be treated good. You don't deserve to be in a toxic, narcissistic yeah. relationship because you don't know your dad never showed you boundaries or how a man's supposed to treat a, man, a woman. So your perception of love is passionism, yelling, fighting. Why? Because that's maybe all you saw growing up. films and stuff as well, right? Yeah, that's, they still have so many films like that. Like, toxic. Yeah. Even on Netflix and everything, I'm just like, oh yeah. my god, this is so triggering. <laughs> toxic relationship. <laughs> and then they end up like loving, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like, yeah, it gets, it gets pretty triggering. But I've now been able to identify my triggers which is a, the most beautiful thing you can do when you are healing. You can realize, like, when someone says something that bothers you, you're just like, okay, why is this bothering me? Look inward. Realize where that trigger came from when you were younger. And then you're able to rewire that. So even as healing, like, healing from losing a parent, you're still going to get triggers of how people say certain things. Like, um, you had said the previous person you had on your podcast people are going to perceive things differently and it's going to trigger us because we obviously cared about our parent and still do regardless of the, how they passed away. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's such like, I think what you're, the tools that you're giving people must be so useful just for them to just incorporate into their, their lives. Um, life. yeah. like, do you have any, do you have any like specific, tips or like advice that anybody could incorporate into their daily life other than the one you just said um that might also be suffering from you know child trauma and habits they can incorporate or anything like that i'd say um mirror work works wonders it's going to the mirror and saying affirmations about yourself that even if you don't believe in them you will believe in them the more you do it it's going to feel super uncomfortable in the beginning, but look yourself in the mirror and just be like, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am worthy. I'm strong. I deserve the best. But you have to do it probably two or three times a day for it to finally sink in and just continuously do it because the more you, you're, you're re, reprogramming your mind because yeah. you may think in the inside, I'm not beautiful, but you're saying it. And the more you say it, the more your subconscious mind realizes it and then you're gonna start feeling it mm. i'm just imagining myself in the mirror in my offices in the toilets yeah. going it like i'm fucking amazing then somebody walking in and being like what the hell are you right? doing no i have also seen someone else like every time they go past the mirror they like stop in the mirror and they're like you are beautiful <laughs> I, I love that everything. yeah we all need that in our lives <laughs> I just think self-love is, is huge and just giving yourself time to mm. just grieve whatever you're grieving, even if, whether it's your, your parent who passed away, whether it's a parent who passed away, but you're still grieving the relationship you had with them that wasn't the best. I always say grief comes in waves. And that's what I've experienced with my, my like recent breakup and my father's passing. I allowed myself to come to the surface and actually face like actually face head on it's grief comes in waves 
and certain songs are going to trigger you and that's okay. Some songs you'll be driving and you'll be like, I can pull over because I can't even keep myself together. And I should be yeah. driving right now. That's, I'm totally guilty of that. Yeah. We just have to be like respectful to ourselves and loving to ourselves and realize that it's a process. And some days you can have an amazing week or two weeks and one day you'll be like back feeling at you like you're back at zero. But that's okay. That's great. Because I've done that, you know. I feel mm. like it just, just I think it's sharing really that fun. knowledge as well. It's it Yeah, it's it's sharing that with people that have never lost anybody. Because you know, people that have that aren't grieving, they do believe in those like linear stages of grief where like things just get better. And like I think it's amazing how with the grief community rising so much on Instagram and on social media, like people that aren't grieving are also being made aware of the fact that of its longevity, of the fact that it will be with people forever. So you should always bring it up. You should always ask them about their parent. You should never just assume that they're happy or that they're mentally like well just because they're smiling and getting through everyday life because we have no choice but to do that exactly I do and I think a lot of people think that the so there's like this grief cycle that they made years 20 probably 30 years ago maybe I don't know long ago Mm -hmm. and it's um because I used to be EMT in my past and I learned we learned in EMT class stages of grief it is depression, anger, bargaining, um, denial, acceptance. If I'm not mistaken, I believe mm. that was correct. And a lot of us think, oh, that's what we're going to do when we're grieving. No, you're going to go from depression, acceptance, denial, anger, acceptance, denial. Yeah. Like, it's just a zigzag. It's, so even if they do, you do yeah. see that, that's not grief. That's like maybe the stages of them. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's even a thing anymore, to be honest. No, no. I think it's honestly, I'm in like a constant stage of denial because I feel like if I, as soon as I let myself get to like acceptance, I'm like, no, no, (laughs) this can't be happening. Absolutely. (laughs) That goes for everything. That can go for breakups. That can go for a lot. Definitely. You're going to argue with yourself so much. 100%. Um. I have one more question to ask you and I want to kind of let you um let you tell people how they can find you as well. Um but before I do that, is there anything that you wanted to talk about or cover um before I fire it away to you? No, I think that no. is all. Cool. Um I okay, so an offer, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> um so my last one is what would you say now to your younger grieving self who had just lost their dad? I would say that everything's going to be okay. It may not feel like that, and that's normal, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I always tell clients, you have to feel in order to heal. So feel every emotion that comes in, sad, anger. If you want to punch something, Go punch a pillow. Not a person, but go punch a pillow. <laughs> get, your, get your anger out, but in a safe way. If you want to cry, cry. If you need to go for a drive, go for a drive. Respect yourself of what yourself is saying. Listen to your feelings. And just, like I said, just be super patient with yourself. 
But if you're dealing with childhood trauma, really look inward and face the demons that you have inside you. Face your inner critics because then you can truly live the life you deserve. Mm -hmm. And as for those who are just grieving, even if they had a great relationship with their parent, like I said, it takes time, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I'm just speaking a walking testimonial. It's like when you're kind of like underwater and you can see like the light above and you just keep swimming and swimming and it feels like you'll never get there. But there is, you know, people do say happiness and grief can go hand in hand and they definitely do. And I think all of us that have survived our grief and survived our losses are testament to that. Like we can live happy lives and also make room for our grief at the same time. Um, so I think it's just such an important thing to mention. Um, well, thank you so much for your time and for being so insightful I loved it um where can my listeners find you and find out more about what you're doing amazing um so they can find me on instagram at janelle.gorman my name is g-e-n-e-l-l dot g-o-r-m-a-n again g-e-n-e-l-l dot g-o-r-m-a-n you can find me on Instagram. I post a ton of content in regards to healing, free content um, on my reels. I do a ton of reels. I do TikTok, same thing, Janelle Gorman. You can find me username. And if you're interested in potentially coaching or just setting up a free connect call just to see where you are in your healing process and see if I can help you and if we're a great fit, it's JanelleGorman.com. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you again so much for your time. I appreciate this so much I know it was such a pleasure honestly I wish we can go longer thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast I so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today as always I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club, and you can email us at dpcpodcast at hotmail.com. Alternatively, you can check out our website where a resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk Also, please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way, whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well if coming onto a podcast isn't your thing. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 